welcome to another episode of Block Street's Around the Block podcast. I'm your host, Elaine Ramirez, and I'm a journalist covering startups, cryptocurrency, and blockchain for Bloomberg and Forbes. Around the Block is a series of conversations with thought leaders from around the space. On this episode, I speak with Seamus Toomey, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Block Club Chicago. It's a media outlet dedicated to giving reliable, hyper-local coverage of Chicago's diverse neighborhoods and one of the first news companies that signed on to the civil blockchain network, which is now raising its ICO. In this interview, we talk about how he came to create Block Club Chicago, the company's partnership with Civil, and how blockchain can be applied at the grassroots level to promote local journalism. It's a great episode, but before we get into that, if you haven't already, head over to the Block Street Twitter account and let us know who you think we should have on next. That's at Block Street HQ. You can also find it in the show notes. And for one final note, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It'll really help the show. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Seamus Toomey. So, as we know, our listeners might remember that in late 2017, uh, when billionaire Joe Ricketts abruptly shut down DNA Info and Gothamist, you were part of DNA Info, which was a hyper-local news site. So tell me about what was going on in the newsroom back then. Well, you know, we had an excellent run. Um, You know, we had five good years at DNA Info. Um, where we just basically, um, Joe Ricketts had given us the, the funding and the support to go out and cover Chicago's neighborhoods, um, you know, in a very, very close way. So it was a fantastic opportunity to really get real reporters out in the street writing real stories. So we were, you know, hugely appreciative of, um, of his investment in us over those years. Um, it did not work out, and he uh, shut us down at the end. But uh, we really heard from our readers, and we, we kind of suspected this, but they really let us know that you know they were still going to be out there, still interested in this, hugely supportive of any efforts that we would have to keep it going. And um, kind of woke up the next morning and said, um, hey, are we serious about this? Do, do we, do, can we find a way to put this back together? Um, it's got to be smaller. It's got to be... Um, got to be subscription uh it's got to be um you know journalism is an expensive um project and um, if you want real reporters doing real work you know you've got to pay them real salaries so you know we can't we didn't want to uh, just try to cobble together um you know fractions of pennies on banner ads um, that wasn't going to work and um, so we decided it's got to be small it's got to be subscription and uh, eventually we came around to the idea that it should be nonprofit as well right and it might be fresh in both of our memories that um, the daily news also has suffered a major staff cut in the past few weeks and um, so when you were at DNA info and you had this very sudden change how did that experience highlight for you the the market pressures against journalism especially in today's digital economy well i'm old um i'm 45 so i've 
uh, I my career stretches back to sort of um, I wouldn't say the glory days of the of journalism, but uh, certainly the tail end of it when you know we had full newsrooms and um, what's that like? Yeah, oh boy, <laughs> it was it was great. Oh, expense accounts. No, actually, uh, even even then it was we were it was pretty lean. But um, so you know every place I've ever worked has cut back since I've been there. So uh, from that perspective, um, it, it's just, it's the industry um, and, uh, and nobody's crying for us um, in this industry. Um, lots of other industries uh, are, are shrinking while others grow. Uh, uh, a million problems in, into why it's happening, but um, the bottom line is, you know, habits changed and uh, funding models did not follow. Uh, the habits fast enough, so uh, where everyone's trying to catch up, but um, yeah, the daily news is a um, you know a very sad story. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious to me that a, a, the, a world with fewer journalists is not a better place. Um, I know we you know we try to shine a spotlight on as many things as possible, tell as many stories as possible, try to hold people accountable. Um, so the fewer people doing it, uh, it it's more opportunities for people to get away with stuff they shouldn't. So last year was pivotal, of course, for DNA Info, but it was also a huge year for the evolution of, of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And then Civil sort of emerged on the, on the scene as this new project coming out of New York that promised to make journalism more sustainable. What did you know about blockchain back then? You know, I'll be perfectly honest with you, precisely nothing. Um, I, my first uh, experience with it, I got a phone call from a, um, a gentleman by the name of Josh Benson. Uh, Josh was working for Civil. Uh, he works for Old Town Media, and he's got a, a heck of a resume. Um, and anyway, so he teamed up with Civil and was out recruiting uh, people in different cities, uh, actually around the world, to kind of uh, take his pitch to start up a newsroom. He sort of walked me into it slowly, which is probably the best thing to do when you're talking about blockchain. Um, you don't want to lead with blockchain sometimes, uh, especially for, uh, for the, the uninitiated. Right, exactly. So uh, basically, uh, you know, what he pitched me on was, um, hey, we're a new company. We've got a lot of funding. Um, and what we want to do is we want to set up independent newsrooms around the country to participate with us. Well, we'll leave you alone. We'll, we'll provide some startup funding, but, uh, you know, we're not interested in telling you what to do. We're just want to, we're interested in you joining us so we can show a public facing use for blockchain. What is blockchain? I asked. Um, you know, so that and then you then you know you begin the you begin the education. Uh, you know, the links being sent. You know, lots of googling, lots of reading up on things, and um, you know, eventually there's like that light bulb moment where you you usually it's a um, a use for it that really you say, oh man, that that makes a lot of sense. This could change things. So we've had a lot of light bulb moments um, uh, ever since I threw jobs out you know get out of here you know this is you're ridiculous <laughs> I'm not leaving my job to to go with your you know your space bucks tokens and uh, your your crypto world but no I mean the, the first time I met Josh I was I told him basically you know I'm fascinated I need to know more about this I've got a job I love to be honest with you so 
uh, kind of thanks, but no thanks, let's keep talking eventually. Uh, DNA Info closed. Um, Josh, who is a, uh, who's got very excellent timing, um, called me quickly after um, DNA shut down and said, hey, you know, civil's still out here. Um, we still want a Chicago newsroom, and, um, in, and I bet you know some people that would want to do it too. So that's really when things started to heat up a little bit more, um, and that's when the blockchain crypto um, conversation education really started to take off. So what did Civil offer you? Basically what they offered was a, a new way of doing what we used to do, of doing what we used to love. I mean, that's the generic way of saying it, but it's the truth. Jen, Sabella, Stephanie Lule, and myself were the three co-founders of Black Club. We were really just looking for a way to get back to what we were doing. I mean, it was, I, I mean, we love DNA Info with all our hearts. It was our favorite job ever. Um, we loved it up until the minute it closed. We were a family. Uh, we still keep in touch with everyone that we've ever worked with. So that's basically what Civil offered us, um, just from a very high level. How would you like to keep doing what you're doing or, or rebuild it the way you would, you would have done it from the start? Okay, well, how are you going to help us? Um, well, we're going to provide a network for you to, to get on. You're going to join this ecosystem of ours that we're building with crypto economics. It's going to all be on the blockchain. Um, okay, uh, keep going. Keep explaining us. All right, well, we're going to provide you some seed money. All right, now we're really interested. Right, because you know we, as as great as DNA info was, like none of us were, you know, necessarily getting rich and and socking away money f to start our own company. Were they were they promising you real money or crypto money that could have been snake oil to you as far as you, as much as you knew? It, it was a very interesting mix. So. Um, it, there, some of the grant money uh, had to be in 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 crypto. It had to be in um, in the tokens that they are um, creating for a couple of reasons. The most obvious one is they wanted buy-in from these first fleet newsrooms. Like we want you to have some skin in the game, so you care about what we're doing. Um, but you know, the, they're they're utility tokens, and so really we need the tokens to participate in the in the whole network, in the whole ecosystem. Um, you know, uh, there's different functions for the tokens, but, um, but, but you, you need them, essentially to start a new newsroom, you're gonna need some tokens to put down. Um, you know, there's some voting opportunities within the ecosystem about approving new newsrooms or, um, or even rejecting new newsrooms. You need tokens to at least put down on deposit for that stuff. So they needed to stake us with some tokens. So that was part of it. But but yeah, there was there were some options for you could take sixty percent in cash and forty percent in tokens, or fifty fifty. Or if you really wanted to take a leap, you could take a hundred percent of your grant in tokens, which some of the newsrooms did. Uh, God bless them. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it's not. It wasn't necessarily a function of like them being more convinced than we were. Um, I. You know, we didn't, it's hard to get into finances with other people, but um, yeah, I think some people are just better positioned to take the leap than um, a bunch of journalists that just lost their jobs in Chicago. I completely relate. So you and the two co-founders of Block Club Chicago, you're all from very editorial backgrounds. How much do you feel like you really have to know about blockchain technology 
You know, I think we need to know a lot about it, uh, to be honest with you, but we don't need to know everything at this point because the um, the good people at Civil um, are, are really holding our hand through this and really um, they're building the infrastructure um, and then they're having very down-to-earth discussions with us about you know how we utilize this what it's going to cost um, what what the benefits are um, how this could evolve over the years um, but so you know they are our um, you know, sort of crypto Sherpas on this one. And they've been great. So no, like, could I, I couldn't code my way out of a, a paper bag, you know, so we're wearing a lot of hats right now. But the one thing that I, I, I don't anticipate coming out of the other end is being good at writing code, and certainly <laughs> to the blockchain, but we'll see. Right. That's a very time consuming commitment, of course. And you are busy writing for the public. So if you were at level zero, back when you were at DNA Info, in terms of how much you knew about blockchain technology and let's say that you know the founder of civil matthew isles he's level 10 where do you find yourself now i'd probably say i'm a solid three three um, that's kind of impressive well you know i mean yeah I, you know coming from zero and it was a long way from zero to one let me let me tell you that um yeah matthew um yeah matthew is is fantastic and um and not just what we're doing now, but the stuff that he projects out in the future that where we could go um, with, with blockchain technology is, is pretty fascinating. And I got to say, it's, you know, it, it's all to him. It's about being decentralized and being transparent and being, um, you know, something that make a, for the greater good. Like this is not a, a crew of people that are out there trying to buy Lambos, um, um, but he's really out there trying to um, trying to fix journalism. I, I know that's uh, that's, a, that's a big task, but um, maybe we don't you know have to do it all in one fell swoop. Maybe we we start the you know we start the process of fixing it, and then someone builds on that, and then you know civil builds on that. And so who knows? But um, you know, it's been a long time of seeing journalism sinking in terms of staffing levels um, and uh, the, the revenue generated for it. So to have um, to have some guys trying to utilize new technology to help revive it is, is pretty exciting. And that, that was another big hook for why we'd want to join Civil. Right. So I'm curious, um, when you knew so little about blockchain, when you were approached, how did you get to the level where you were sure that it wasn't a sham? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, you know, at some point, um, you know, the more you familiarize yourself with the people involved and the concepts involved um, and the potential involved, you know, at some point you've got to convince yourself, um, like, hey, you know, maybe I, I can't just be a skeptic on the sidelines all along. Like, this really could work um, to change not just journalism, but it could change, you know, all sorts of industries. I mean, like voting, it could, you know, this could, you know, fundamentally change the way people go to the ballots or don't have to go to the ballots anymore. To have personalized, um, you know, ID, you know, something that's unhackable for, for identification. I mean, just the 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 ability to use that for the greater good and to get real, you know, polling data or, or voting. I mean, there's, there are so many exciting things about it, not just journalism, not just 
you know, um, Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, not just, uh, there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, at some point you just got to take a leap and, um, and tell people, um, that you're going for it. Right. And you were basically doing nothing after DNA info. So you were just studying about blockchain for a few months until you were convinced. Uh, well, you know, we were coming at it from um, uh, a bunch of different uh, angles. Like, how can we do this? Um, how can we how can we start up a new media company? Um, so, no. So you're uh, going to do it one way or another. We were going to do it one way or another. That's the spirit. Exactly. But in, in several of the ways that we dreamed up, probably we would, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> but we thought of a diff- lot of different ways. I mean, there's a, we could have... Um, done it purely on um, on donations or purely on foundation money, um, and that could still work. It's just, it's a long process, and we really wanted to get something off the ground quickly while there's still momentum with DNA info, while the audience was still out there hungry, while the reporters were still out there. So um, so that was another reason why Civil uh, was there with a plan with the tech team ready to not just build um, the, the blockchain aspect of the um, platform, the protocol, but also, you know, simple, something as simple as, you know, helping us, you know, build our CMS and, and build the website itself and, you know, help us uh, get uh, CRM so we can set up our uh, subscription model with a great company named Pico. Um, so it's, you know, it's a lot of things. They brought a lot of things to the table, um, n- not the least of which was hope and, um, and inspiration and, um, you know, just some good old fashioned uh, convincing. Um, so tell me about Block Club Chicago. What is your aim and what makes it different from all its predecessors? Well, um, there's a couple big differences between um, Block Club and DNA Info. Um, but I also like to tell people there's really going to be no huge difference because we, we really thought we were on to a good way of covering Chicago. We're you know, as close to the ground in reporting as Chicago as, as there is because that's the stories that aren't being told, the ones in the neighborhoods that are um, not that necessarily that the Tribune or the Sun-Times or TV stations wouldn't care about. They just don't necessarily have the infrastructure to find those stories. Um, uh, you know, they may find the, the bigger stories, the trend stories that are happening all over Chicago. But what about the cool new shop that opened in Chatham that there's really, they, maybe they don't have the PR company to reach reporters, but they know. But, you know, our reporter may find out through a friend of a friend of a friend, hey, my aunt just opened this really cool shop. Why don't you go check it out? Stuff like that that's really, um, that's really on the ground level um, of neighborhood news. And that is sort of our, 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 our route is like stories that people aren't, other people aren't telling. And the block club sort of symbolized that to us is that these are really, you know, grassroots um, folks that care about their neighborhoods. So, um, so far so good. People seem, seem to like it. So how does Civil work with you now or support your project? They are with us sort of um, every step of the way, um, I, you know, basically holding our hand. Um, <laughs> they, you know, until we can get out of the nest fully, until we're fully sustainable, um, they're showing us the way. Um, they are, um, you know, if our if I've got a CMS problem, they can help fix it. If I um, have a problem with subscriptions, um, you know, their relationship with Pico um, is 
you know, help create Block Club's relationship with Pico, our subscription vendor. Um, they are showing us how to get hardware wallets and set up our MetaMask accounts and, you know, accept our tokens when they're created. You know, everything involved, how to, the, the smart contracts that will allow us to uh, pay our writers in, in, in tokens. Um, to some degree, they're not all getting paid in tokens, but but we want people to be involved with this. Uh, the tokens are meant to be utility participatory tokens, so um, we want people to um, uh, you know to participate in this because we really think it's going to be important. So um, so civil is uh, they're, they're right there. We talk to them every day. So could we go back and walk me through how the blockchain system affects how you operate day to day? The uh, the easiest um, application to explain um, would be the the permanent archiving of our stories. Um, every single company I've ever worked for, um, not just DNA Info, um, has lost its digital archives at some point along the way. Um, but you know we're working on ways with Civil to come up with uh, smarter, I guess, more efficient ways of handling archives like that and other archives as well. Um, you know, just a, maybe a decentralized system, uh, you know, a series of nodes around the country or world that could all have copies of this stuff and they all they all host it. And, um, you know, that would be another way of protecting that it would never go away. But back to specifically to the blockchain, um, you know, we're preparing the time when um, Probably what we'd do is at the end of each day, we would, um, you know, hit a couple buttons in archive, you know, and, and send all the stuff to, to the blockchain. My preference would be the final version of the story. Um, you know, if a story is evolving over the course of the day, like a fire is breaking out and, you know, um, maybe we wait till the end of the day or the next day to, um, to send that uh, to the blockchain. But that's another, you know, it's a way just to permanently archive that stuff. So... Um, so I don't have to keep boxes of newspaper clippings in my garage, which I do now, which is at this point the only reliable way to show my kids what I used to do. Plus, they don't care about that stuff anymore. So how has the civil network changed your revenue model? Revenue, the, our revenue model is uh, is complicated, and only a part of it is, is really civil-based. Um, you know, our key to uh, really being sustainable is going to our readers and asking for a monthly or annual subscription. Um, like we were talking about, it's that's it, really going to be the key to this all. I think journalism, the idea of people um, not paying for journalism, um, it's just, it doesn't work anymore. Um, it doesn't work for music, for musicians not to be paid for their music. You know, eventually people will stop doing it. They can't afford it. Or the, only the people with a lot of money can afford to do it. And you're, and you're missing out on the people that, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole that can really bring, you know, more relevant perspectives to it. So, um, hey, you know, I've been paying for a newspaper subscription to come to my door for forever. Um, the idea of people not paying to get it uh, online is uh, it's, it's, it's something frankly that the the news companies in their efforts to stay competitive just gave it away and and, and created this culture I, I, I get it that we've created generations of people that expect this to be free but um, you know I think and we hope more and more people are realizing that that you know to get quality and get value that you uh, you have to pay for some of it. I mean, no one expects to walk into 
coffee shop and get a free cup of coffee or to get Netflix for free. We're hoping that we, you know, that somewhere we fit in that. And, you know, I get it. Um, it's tough. People, you know, we're 59 bucks a year. Um, I know that's out of reach for some people, but we hope enough people can, can support it. And, um, and we have set up a system where you can donate subscriptions to other people. We've got a list of people that have applied. Um, so you can just pick random, you know, pick off the top of the list, or you can give them to specific people. We want to try to make it as, as accessible to, um, to as many people as possible. Um, and we also, you know, we're going to keep all of our breaking news and crime stuff for free as well, just because, you know, we want, we want the stuff that's of public interest like that to be able to be accessible to everyone. So I'm curious, do you think that being part of civil enables you somehow to do better journalism? Better journalism. Um, sure. I mean, I think the idea of doing better journalism, uh, it, it, it involves a couple things. Um, you need time to do better journalism. You need uh, good reporters to do better journalism, uh, people that can afford to spend you know, a long time on a story. Um, you know, you need you know top-notch journalists, and that costs money. Um, Civil is providing money for us to get off the ground. So in that sense, yes, they're you know by associating us with Civil, they're helping us do better journalism. But um, you know we you know we're a neighborhood news site. We we really want to cover the stories in neighborhoods that are really important to people. Um, so uh, it may not necessarily be a six-month investigation, but it's really going to be a person like on the street, covering neighborhood meetings, covering police meetings, you know, knocking on doors. Um, and, you know, they'll be doing big stories along the way, but we also want to do the daily stuff that really impacts people's lives as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, the, can we do better journalism? I think um, that is more on us and more on the reporters to just keep doing um, the, the great stories that they're doing now. And um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put that on civil. Um, it's going to really be from the ground level, the, the, the work that gets done. Civil's there to support us, to create the distribution network, um, and to get people to participate in the, in, in the, in the whole network and get excited about it. So uh, that, that, that's a big enough job. Uh, we'll, we can handle the, the reporting side. Right, and so you mentioned the importance of local journalism to you. We, we know that um, in today's digital economy, the local news sites are really suffering, whereas maybe more established national papers might have a better chance at scaling. Do you think that blockchain might present an opportunity to make local journalism in particular more sustainable? You, yeah, I mean that's that's obviously our, our gamble is that um, is that this could be a way for for the locals to survive as well. Um, I mean, if you think about yes, you're you care about what's happening in around the world. You care about what's happening in Washington, but the stuff that's really going to impact your day to day life is really the stuff that's happening within a couple of miles of where you live, or what's happening in your city. What's the city doing to your taxes, to your schools? You know, why is that? You know, <laughs> what is that? business opening on our block is that going to be a good fit you know the stuff that really is going to impact your life so i mean that's 
Um, it, it, it's nuts to me that that's the stuff that's gotten short shrift over the years is the stuff that really impacts people, the local news, that yeah, there's been so many cuts on it. Um, frankly, it's why I think um, DNA Info did so well is that there is a, you know, there's a void in that sort of neighborhood level reporting that we marched into enthusiastically, um, unabashedly, and, and covered a lot of that stuff that had been left behind, you know, not out of lack of interest from other media. It's just really out of sort of, you know, lack of resources. You know, you only have a, you only have a couple reporters um, to cover something. Naturally, you're going to go to the, you know, the, sort of the biggest story of the day, but without being able to um, sort of, you know, go fishing for other stories out there that may not turn into the lead story at the 10 o'clock, but, you know, a pretty interesting one that impacts, you know, thousands of people. So, yes, um, uh, do I hope, um, you know, all of these things will factor into a resurgence of local news? Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, swings and misses at, at, at fixing, um, fixing news, fixing the funding model, um, keeping it alive. But um, I, I think it's important that we keep swinging. Right. Sure. As you just said, like, it's still a very new technology. We're still not very sure about a lot of things. So what is your doomsday scenario? What are the risks or downsides that you see about implementing blockchain technology to your company? Uh, doomsday. Uh, well, let, let, how about obstacles? Uh, the obstacles, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of education um, to be done to get people familiar with um, for example, for for buying our um, our tokens, um, you know that's going to be uh, we've got to convince people not not only why it's important but also how to do it. Um, it's going to be a challenge that uh, that Block Club and Civil will undertake. Um, but you know, just like any new technology, it, it sort of builds off itself. If it works, uh, the buzz gets louder and louder, and eventually, you know. You know, your parents have to pay attention to what's going on, or grandma needs to learn how to use this um, new technology. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's I mean that that is a, a huge risk is uh, um, uh, people adapting to it. But um, it's a pretty adaptable country um, world. So I think you know I I think it's uh, if it works as we hope that uh, people will start coming on board and. And you know, civil is one of the you know one of the first sort of public-facing uses of blockchain. So there's a lot of responsibility on us to to do this right. Um, you know, and by right I mean um, ethically, responsibly, um, inclusively, um, to really show the world like, hey, we're not we're we're not um, a bunch of like crypto bros trying to make a billion dollars here. We're really trying to set up a network of engaged users that that want to participate in this network and um, and you know that 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 we are that we are legit and we're really you know our goal is to is to do journalism with sort of the blockchain on the back end. Right. So Civil's token CVL it launches in mid September. How do you feel? incredibly excited um, uh, from the moment I sat down with them about a year ago um, and started to learn about this it sort of builds on itself the excitement and um, you know we've got a date on the calendar now it's circled um, we you know we're really um, really excited to see um, the enthusiasm out there when when people um, 
join on board. And then, you know, that's just really the start. I mean, we, we got a little, uh, not ahead of ourselves, but, um, you know, a bunch of our newsrooms have started publishing already um, pre-launch. Um, you know, we really wanted to uh, to have our, our feet under us before um, before too long, and uh, we also didn't want you know, we didn't want our audience to you know to lose interest in in us uh, or you know or fade away. So um, so yeah, we're excited to get started, but we're we're thrilled for for Civil to um, you know their launch, but to really you know launch the um, Matthew Isles vision. Um, of of what this could really be and, you know, start our future. I'll leave this open-ended for you. How do you think or what do you hope blockchain technology can do to impact journalism in the long run? Ooh, well, I mean, let's start at the top. We hope that it could help it survive. saviors of journalism yeah i mean and not just necessarily on the the revenue side which is you know obviously hugely important um i hope that it could uh sort of expand our horizons to you know um do things that you know i you know i i can't even envision right now you know if if everyone's got a more secure way of communicating um, the, the ability to share information and share data and share ideas and share tips and share stories, um, it seems unlimited, um, which should really open up the um, uh, journalism horizons uh, much bigger than we could imagine now. It's not just a reporter on the street talking to, you know, the sources that he's cultivated. We could, you know, we could have a secure way of, of, of spreading information and, and, and verifying information with, you know, um, not just anonymous commenters online on like, on, you know, the disgust system, you know, with like verifiable uh, participants that we know who they are sharing ideas. Um, I, I think that goes a long way to, to reestablishing a trustworthy audience. Um, because, you know, let's be honest, journalism's got, we're in a bit of a battle now for credibility and legitimacy. And the more we can do to, to lock that down and let people know we're out there, you know, looking for the truth, um, anything that could help in that fight, the better. So uh, blockchain, help, help us out. Okay, that's it. A big thanks to Seamus for taking the time to chat, and an even bigger thanks to all of you tuning into this episode of Around the Block. As I said at the top of the show, if you enjoyed this podcast, please head over to the Block Street Twitter account. That's at Block Street HQ for a ton of great content. And if you want to find me personally on Twitter, I'm at Elaine Gija. Again, thanks for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. This is Block Street's Around the Block, hosted by me, Elaine Ramirez. It was produced by Kenny Ferreira with research by Johan Yoon. Executive produced by Brian Lee and Ian Cho. This episode was recorded in Chicago, Illinois. If you'd like to hear more, you can find the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you like the show. Music